Hello everyone, and welcome to a special preview episode of The Boots, The Cats, and The Ugly. Uh, I'm Roman. Nice. Sorry. Thanks. Thanks, John. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, and yep. that, that, is, uh, that lovely voice you hear is John. Nice, dude. Oh, those those TK that's, patterns. That's a that's uh, actually that's that's part of this. That's a preview, technically. Ooh, I think. Yeah. Funny yeah. you should mention previews. Now, uh, dear <laughs> listeners, we're very sorry that we haven't uh, been able to get an episode out to you recently. There's been a lot going on for us, uh, mm-hmm. and also we've been working really hard on perfecting a uh, a four part series on the beatboxer Reaps One, which we're going to release throughout the coming weeks. John, do you want to talk to so just introduce you know Reaps One, who he is, and why he merits uh, our first ever four part series? Uh, yeah. So Reaps One, I think is was always will be one of my favorite beatboxers he's a, he's an inspiration to so many beatboxers out there whether they know it or not actually um so he's from the uk uh he was most active in the battling scene around 2010 or 11 up to up through uh 2015 um and then recently he's been much more active on judging panels i think he's judged he's judged almost every uh, grand beatbox battle beatbox battle world champs and also uk battle uh, beatbox battle champs um championships among other beatboxing championships like internationally mm-hmm. as well uh for the last five years since he's just about retired from battling i would say so he's a huge figure in the community and we're going to get into a lot of the reasons why more in these upcoming four uh episodes this four-part special we've got but just to introduce it a little bit he is often credited as the sole creator and inventor of the inward drag technique, which is just, which is rhythmic breathing. So it can be breathing in uh, while separating it with closing your lips or breathing in and out, like breathing in and out. Um, And any sort of permutation of those two sorts of sounds, um, pretty much to add a bit of zhuzh, a bit of pizzazz, and also a bit of power to your beatboxing, especially if you're somebody like 2H or D'Lo, who seem to have just ridiculously powerful <laughs> lungs to the extent that where they just exhale and it sounds like a kick or a snare. <laughs> like, they just have to breathe. So it's an incredibly useful technique, and it's an incredibly popular technique that actually has a number of spinoffs that have become really popular recently. So from that alone, you can see he's had a huge impact on the community. But let a, but beyond that, I think the thing he's also a lot pretty widely credited with doing is introducing the most popular beatboxing routine structure of intro, build, drop, build, drop. Um, mm-hmm. So the intro usually will be something simple or singing and then build. And then that wasn't the actual build, but then move. Is that, wait, is that the move drop? That's the first drop in move, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of something like that. Something like that. Uh, he's he also got a really... cool thing with his lips that I don't, I don't really know how to do. Yeah. Uh, he's got a really wild throat bass as well. But, uh, so that routine was, um, or the drop, the drop I just did is from his sort of seminal routine move, which introduced that routine structure that has been used by kind of every beatboxer or group of beatboxers in all for everything like it, all of beatboxing looping 
Looping does that. Don't get me wrong. It didn't do that right after he did it. It did that after Sorrow. But still, Looping does that. <laughs> Tag teams, solo, crew, everybody does it. That's that's how you do. That's just that's what that's what you do now. And Reap's one is widely credited as as introducing that uh, into the scene. And so that's those are the two of the main reasons why he's considered one of the real titans of 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 the beatboxing sort of hierarchy. He's somebody who he's somebody who is certainly thrown up in GOAT debates, uh, GOAT greatest of all time debates, and I think has every right to be in the debate. And for me, I think I... We've talked a little bit about this before, but I think in terms of his impact on the community, he certainly deserves a spot in the top three. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, so we we're throughout uh, the next four weeks, we're going to be talking. Uh, first, we're going to outline in more detail kind of some of his accomplishments and what what he's contributed to the beatboxing scene. Uh, then Oliver is going to take over. He's going to talk about how we decide on the beatboxing pantheon, the the pantheon of beatboxing gods. Uh, then we're going to have an anatomy of a battle echoing kind of what we did to, with uh, Chihuahua versus Kayla back in. Uh, several months ago now and uh with uh, the famous 2012 battle between reaps one and skiller uh and then we're going to finish it off with uh john is going to uh take us through the 2015 beatbox battle world championship in which reaps one did not compete and yet still somehow stole the show um <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm. We're really excited for this. Uh, for to discuss uh, Reap's one and everything that he accomplished, because like like we said, uh, we really can't admire or or praise the guy enough. Uh, yeah. And it's it, it's important that uh, every new generation of beatboxers remember kind of what he brought to the scene and and uh, everything that he's done for the beatboxing community. Um, so, yeah, anything else, John? That's just a little something uh, for the listeners to look forward to in these coming weeks. Uh, anything else, John, you want to you wanna say about the, uh, about the inimitable Reaps 1? I don't know if I have too much to add because I don't want to spoil some of the good stuff that we've got coming for you in these upcoming episodes. But in addition to being an incredible beatboxer, it is very clear, at least to me, that Reaps 1 is a savant in the field of beatboxing and I uh, but even beyond that he's the kind of guy who perhaps you wouldn't necessarily expect to do a lot of the things he does outside of beatboxing but he does them and he does them to such a to so well and to such an interesting extent that you you kind of can't help but follow him in a sense he's got a real gravitas about him um and he's he's very clearly somebody for whom his brain is just way out there, like first percent, like not first, 99th percentile brain. First percentile would be rough. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 a, that's the wrong, that's yeah, that was the point. wrong, wrong descriptor there. But like, it's very clear, at least to me, the way he talks and the things he does outside of beatboxing, that he is not just an incredible beatboxer, but an incredible person as well. If if that didn't sell you on learning more about Reap Swan, I don't know what will. Um, and if you are sold about learning on Reap Swan, but you're not sold about learning it from us, I mean... First of all, rude. <laughs> we know about Reap Swan, you know? Yeah. Come on, listen yeah. to us. Yeah. <laughs> That's our argument. If you're not sold about getting it from us, please, please do. <laughs> Come on, guys, give us a chance. <laughs> 
<laughs> but sorry, please continue, John. Um, yeah, but just uh, Reap Swan's a he's an incredible beatboxer, and I think if you want to learn some more about him before coming to us, uh, I mean, you can always look up just just go look up Reap's R E E P S then one uh, for and on any social media, and he'll he'll be there. Um, look it up on look up some of his videos on YouTube. I highly recommend Move, uh, mm. which we talk about uh, pretty uh, relatively extensively, I think. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah for for a long time yes yeah <laughs> in our upcoming episode you can't talk about moving off it's it's yeah. the the great mass it is the citizen cane of beatboxing Ooh, i like that i like that analogy it's a good analogy it, it, it's very similar to in that citizen cane is widely regarded as being kind of a summary of all of the advances of cinematic technique that had come before it. Uh, so it is, you know, influential, not just immaculate in its construction, but incredibly influential and and this kind of culmination of an entire era of filmmaking uh, in, in the same way that I think, and, and of course, a propel- propulsion into a new era of filmmaking, which I, mm-hmm. I think is exactly move. Um uh, so yeah, watch Citizen Kane if you haven't. Also, <laughs> good good movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Citizen Kane. That's like the what is it? Isn't it? Isn't it also? Isn't it one of the first movies where like you got to see a ceiling? Yeah, that's ceilings. what it's always. Yeah, it's always credited as that. It's not. That's not like strictly true. I don't think. Uh, but it's always credited as because it uses so much on location shooting and it. Um, Instead of building like sound stages with three walls and a uh, and a floor, it would actually build ceilings too, and so you could get weird camera angles like uh, shooting from below, and so you can see the ceiling looming above them. And it's uh, of course the prominent use of the wide angle lens, uh, borrowing from advances made by Renoir or or, or um, filmmaking techniques pioneered by Renoir uh, with the rules of the game a couple of years earlier, but bringing it to an American audience. Uh, uh, you know, uh, extre- huge advances in nonlinear storytelling. Uh, obviously, it wasn't the first thing to do that, but it was, you know, really big into it. Um, hmm. Just, uh, here's something it doesn't get credit for enough. Okay. Incredible makeup. I mean, what hmm. the heck? Orson <laughs> Welles was was uh, 25, I think, when he made uh, Citizen Kane. Oh, of course, uh, you know, it'd be kind of pioneering the auteur theory, which would later gain so much traction in France in the 60s or 50s and 60s. Um, it'll be with uh, Orson Welles writing, producing, directing, and starring in it, kind of controlling all aspects of production. Yeah. Uh, and he was 25 at the time, and Ooh. he looks 80. When he's supposed to look 80, he looks 80. Like, it, uh, it, no one gives Citizen Kane enough credit for its makeup. It is crazy makeup. Uh, there's a dance sequence. The, it, the camera zooms through a window in 1942. That's pretty uh, wild. It, 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 there's there's uh, these cool shots of a mirror, you know, Rosebud. Really just can't recommend Citizen Kane. Uh, enough so uh it, it, that's that's why you should watch our listen to our reaps one series yeah because we talk <laughs> about citizen kane roman accardi the the film studies major ladies and gentlemen i'm actually wearing my film and media studies t-shirt oh that's amazing right that's perfect timing i mean that's 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 why that's why you went on that's that's why you could just go on and on i like how you gave it so much credit for its makeup you hear that Academy Award winning film Suicide Squad? <laughs> Citizen Kane's coming for you. <laughs> Wait, did Suicide Squad legitimately win an Oscar for makeup? 
Uh, it might not have been makeup, but I think it was makeup and co- I think it's is it no hair and makeup and then costumes. It won one of those two. Oh man, yeah. you hate to hear that Suicide Squad. The won Academy. An Oscar. Hey, hey, hey! Put some respect on its name. The Academy Award-winning film Suicide Squad. No, don't, don't, just don't say it again, John. Oh goodness! I knew oh, you hated it. That's why I said it again. Allow me to. Just, just bear with me a moment while I list films that didn't win any Oscars. Just, just, just bear with me here. Here's a film that didn't win any Oscars: Rashomon, one of the greatest films ever made. wasn't nominated for for nonsense. Um, uh, let's see. What, what are what's another film that uh did? Oh, the I just talked about the rules of the game consistently in the top two films on any best of list uh didn't win a single wasn't nominated for anything obviously you know of course not we're just getting started now john what are some great injustices that you want to take revenge for here i mean the only one really is get out but obviously jordan peele did win best original screenplay for that but like i still want to count it i still want to throw it up there Um, yeah it should have won something else yeah 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 over over a certain Guillermo del Toro flick. Oh yeah, that, that, that was, I'm not going to talk weird. about. I love Guillermo del Toro. I think he's. I think his weirdness is great. Usually, not that time. Mm-hmm. But, oh, the yeah. Shawshank Redemption. Yep, didn't win anything. The, the, you can you can say Academy Award winning film Suicide Squad, but not Academy Award winning <laughs> film The Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, I mean, uh, if, I I personally have never been more happy to see Morgan Freeman play an Irishman. But I mean, I'm sure you, because you, uh, for the listener, if you don't know, that's an inside joke. Shawshank Redemption is based on a novel, and in the novel, Morgan Freeman's character's name is Red. His name is Red in the movie because he's a ginger who is Irish in the book. Yeah, but he's Morgan Freeman I didn't in the movie, know that. I and didn't they know play that. it as a joke. It's it's really amazing too because uh, uh, what's his name? Tim Robbins plays Dufresne, right? Tim Robbins, that's his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Tim Robbins goes. So why do they call you Red? And Morgan Freeman goes. Oh, haven't you heard? It's because I'm Irish. <laughs> and it's just it's perfect. Because it's Morgan Freeman, so he actually has a really underrated comic timing and delivery, I feel like, just because he's such a good actor in general. And so yeah. he nails it. It's uh, it's quality. That's fantastic. I've You know what? Uh, I hope, you know, I tried to build up street cred with my film major, but I actually have never seen Shawshank Redemption. That's, I mean, uh, that's fine. Like that you you you're you're doing the thing that like Family Guy did that one scene where Peter just goes, "You know what? I did not since we're all going to die, I did not care for the Godfather." <laughs> <laughs> and everyone just rails on him. They just lay into him. Also, we didn't formally transition to anything but beatboxing, but oh, I yeah, guess here yeah, we are. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I guess yeah, we were planning yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's just keep rolling with it. Yeah, we're t- any of a beatboxing. We're just gonna talk about film. Yeah, uh, today yeah. just for just for a little bit, just to give you give you guys something to uh, to you know think about before you you know we really dive into Reaps One. Yeah, uh, do we talk about film and anything but beatboxing for any of the Reaps One? Ooh, off the top of my head, no. I think we spent a lot of time on League and one of them. We do spend a lot of time on League. Yeah, uh, I think we're spend a lot of time. Oh, uh, we, yeah. we didn't even. Dang, I should have. I should have mentioned this. Uh, unfortunately, Oliver could not join us today. Yeah. Uh, to record this preview, um, hence perhaps why it's a preview rather than us recording. Uh, the a, the, an episode. the another um, episode of the the special. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, you've heard us talk about movies a bit before, so this probably isn't anything new. Um. I. 
I um I've been doing a lot of things recently. I, I baked recently, which is fun because my oven has no temperature settings on it, just a dial with absolutely no notches or any sort of data on the outside. Wait, really? Of it. It's just a dial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I've been leveling up my baking skills. Like I made cinnamon rolls without knowing how hot it was, and I'm like pretty proud of that because they were good, you know. And they didn't so kill me. Not only is there no like temperature reading, there aren't even notches. No, like... there is. It, it is a dial. It has a button at the top that is red that I assume means off. Yeah, I'm gonna go with it means off. That's it. That's the whole thing. There's I think there's a line that runs circular around it, but that's it. That's all you get. That's so bizarre. Wait, that's so bizarre. It is a real, it's really weird. Because, like, it's, the stove has numbers and notches. The oven has nothing. Like, I, I have no data on how hot it is other than the dial. So when it says preheat the oven to 400 degrees, I just you just kind of guess. Yeah, I guess. Pretty much. That's what I've been doing. It's worked so far. Um, I haven't died and the food's been pretty good. But, anyway, really leveling up my baking. And uh, something else I've been doing is, uh, well, not leveling up my film game, really. But I did watch Being John Malkovich recently, which is on Netflix. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so here's what I got to say about it. First of all, I absolutely love it when actors play themselves or play actors in movies. Like, one of my favorite roles of all time is Michael Keaton in Birdman. Mm-hmm. I love him in Birdman. I love Birdman. I, I and that's just one example. And John Malkovich plays himself in this, and I think he does a really good job. I, I'm really curious to know what they did for the scene where he goes down the portal and enters Malkovich world, what I, which is what I call it, where everybody's John Malkovich, yeah, and yeah. where he plays everybody because it's a it's a 1999 film, right? Yeah, yeah. So like 99, yeah. There's. 99. Like, it's one of those things where I'm just like, I can't imagine they're doing more than just that. Like, I, I imagine it must be a bunch of doubles, and they're doing head replacements for wide shots, and then when they zoom in, they have a bunch of different takes of him in different costumes, but that they're splicing together. But it's really well made. Like, it looks good. Yeah. Um, but the movie overall, I quite like, actually. I'm, I quite like, I find it interesting. I think Charlie Kaufman is, he's, he's my kind of weird, but I acknowledge that he's not everybody's kind of weird, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's an interesting yeah. movie. It's an interesting concept. It's got the mom from Get Out in it. And I didn't recognize her for a while. She's um, the partner whose name I'm forgetting. Maxine? Yes, Maxine. She's Maxine. Catherine Keener. I think she got nominated I just, for I it. didn't know she was the mom in Get Out. That's a, I, I, so I hate to, uh, again, spoil my reputation, but I've actually never seen Get Out. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. I uh, which is which I know is horrible. I I don't like horror movies generally. It's That's been fair. my excuse so far. I should just see it because I uh, you know it's a ma- it's, I'm sure it's a masterpiece. But uh, it's exceptional. I, but yeah, uh, yeah. I I have not seen it. Uh, I need to. I have seen Being John Malkovich. I'm very glad you enjoyed it. Did you? Did you like it? Oh, also I, I should point out I did not recognize Cameron Diaz at all. Like I had n- yeah. no idea it was her. And then at the end it says Oh Cameron Diaz. I'm like Fiona from Shrek. Really, <laughs> and I was like, because I knew her voice, and I was looking at her face, and I was like, I know you. But I mean, it was made twenty years ago now, so like, I suppose you could forgive me for that, or at least I can forgive me for that. I don't know about anybody else. Uh, yeah. Well, very good of you. Uh, <laughs> that's very understanding of you, John. Yeah, uh, right. yeah. I, I, I think 
being John Malkovich is probably the second most unpleasant movie I've ever seen. Oh, interesting. It, it, it is really? so perceived. It, it, it's watching it is akin to having a nightmare. Uh, interesting. It, it's, it is the most accurate cinematic depiction of a nightmare I've ever seen. To the extent that you want that, then sure. I don't think I'd recommend it to my worst enemy. Um, uh, I see. Okay, in, in that, it was. Ju- it's just so deeply unpleasant. So you mean Charlie you mean Kong, that you you okay? When I when I when I say that you, you don't mean because of the quality of the film. You're talking about the concept and the, the story concept. being told. Yeah, yeah, is, it, is a very unsettling idea. It's it's yeah. quite effective at being a nightmare. Yes. Uh, because I, I think that's that. what they were going for. Yeah. I think they nailed it. Personally, I, I, I loved it. I agree with you. But, like, for me, I love a good dark concept. Like, I love most Black Mirror episodes just because I'm like, oh, that's evil. I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah Black Mirror is interesting. I think, yes, yeah, so I, I have mixed feelings about Black Mirror. I think one of the episodes, Nosedive, that I've seen is, like, the be- one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. I see, and the funny thing is, it's funny you mention that because Nosedive, a lot of Black Mirror fans, I think myself included, I wouldn't put it in the top three best episodes of Black Mirror. Interesting. What would you put in the top three best episodes of Black Mirror? I haven't seen, I've seen some of them. I've seen four or five okay. episodes. So, oh, you know what? I might put it in. I might put it in. So, White Christmas, the one with John Hamm. I hear that one's amazing. I haven't actually seen it. It's incredible. So, the end of, that's the end of season two. The end of season one is really good. It's got Jodie Whittaker, who, of course, is the 13th Doctor. Oh, she's great. To much outrage, but she is a phenomenal actress. I think she's a really good outrage. What a, what a, what an outstanding actress. Have you seen uh, Have you seen Broadchurch? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, she's very good in that. So um, so I was a White Christmas. Um, the episode. Oh God, this is gonna bother me. The last episode of season one with the memories, and basically oh, it's yeah. this ma- um, the marriage this marriage deteriorates. I I've act- I've seen that one. Yeah. Uh, it's it's on. I, I don't think the name is. I'm looking it up right now. I know which one you're talking about. I'm looking it up. The listener knows which one. You you know you know. Don't you, listener? You 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 remember. Yeah, you you probably you're, you're probably listening. Oh, these idiots who let them make a podcast. My goodness, the entire history of you. That's oh, right. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah yeah. Yeah, it's the entire history of you. So the entire history of you, White Christmas. I think are the two best episodes. I think Nosedive is probably up there. I like a lot of other ones. I think the one that I'll put third, and this is just for the feel-good factor, is Hang the DJ from season four. Is it really? Yeah. Wait, that is so... Wait, Hang the DJ is... Is that the one with Miley Cyrus? No, 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 no. The Miley Cyrus one, one was a bit too meta for my taste um, because she basically plays herself. Um, I at, thought at you liked that, though, with life. being John it's, Malkovich. It's, it's, it's... No, 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 no. That's different, though, because that... All right. <laughs> QED. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh. Dude, honestly, I'd love to see you in a rap battle and then twi- have you in the middle of your round twist your opponent's words and then end it with QED <laughs> and then just just like fold your arms, you know, like yeah. classic 90s pose. Right. Oh man, yeah. oh, dude, I would be so bad in a rap. <laughs> you know, I, I like I am the worst rapper I I personally uh, know. I mean, know it's fine. Be? Rapping is hard. It takes effort. It you is. Know? Yeah. Um. But <laughs> but anyway, so I think just for the feel good factor, I might go with Hang the DJ from season four, which is the dating app one. 
it's because here's the thing black mirror has got over five seasons there have been two episodes of black mirror that are overwhelmingly positive stories and feel-good stories um interesting one there is a third that is there are two more both in season four that are close to feel-good stories they're still quite dark but in the end you're like okay the good guys won and we can be happy about that at least right um Mm -mm -mm. And so those, so those episodes are San Junipero and Hang the DJ are the two actual feel-good episodes. Um, mm-hmm. The two where it's like, yeah, the good guys won and I can be happy about that are Black Museum and the USS Callister, which is the Star Trek episode. Uh, oh, yeah, the USS Callister. USS yeah, Callister is the one that won all the Emmys. That's the one that won I, all their Emmys. Yeah, weird choice. A very unrepresentative Black Mirror episode because it's so freaking silly. Like, it's, the, yeah, the Callister is like, that's a very silly episode, I think, by normal Black Mirror standards. I, uh, I think you're, I think you're right. I think it's overwhelmingly silly, but I wouldn't call the episode silly just because the serious moments are quite serious and heavy. Yeah. Well, it's, it's pretty horrible. Like, yes. what, what's actually happening is pretty horrible, but it's played like, it's, it's, um. Especially at the beginning, I like it. It's a really good, um. I think it's it's one of my favorite plays on the Star Trek formula. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, it's probably one of my it's one of my favorite Star Trek parodies. Mm-hmm, I think, mm-hmm. but in that one, kind of spoilers. In the end, the good guys, the guys you root for, end up winning pretty much in some way. And then similarly in Black Museum, which has Letitia Wright, who fingers crossed Marvel slash Disney will have the knowledge and wherewithal to just make her the next Black Panther. As happens in the comics in the wake of Chadwick Boseman's Untimely Demise. R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. It's incredibly depressing. Yeah. That um, one hurt. That one really hurt. That yeah. was a rough week. It was a... What, what a... I mean, what a tremendous young actor. Um, yeah. I mean, he... Honestly, like, his screen presence was incredible. And I, he had range, too. Like, the number of different roles he played. I mean, he was, he was James Brown. He was Thurgood Marshall. He was Jackie Robinson, and he was D'Challa. Just absolutely, I mean, for me, legendary. Like, certainly shaping up to be a legendary. I, I, I would say, call him almost certain to win an Oscar uh, for this year for uh, The Five Bloods. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, yeah. a well-deserved uh, Academy Award winner, oh, hopefully. Yeah. The Five uh, Bloods is what I wanted to see, but I never got around to Actually, I actually haven't seen it either, unfortunately. Mm. I've only been reading <laughs> Boy, about I've... it. My dad watched it, and he liked it, so... Which, which is usually the mark of an... It's the mark of an engaging movie. That's a movie that'll keep you awake. Because my dad falls asleep during movies all the time. So if he, if he watches a whole movie and he likes it, then you can be confident that it was either engaging or it was a documentary on an incredibly niche subject that he happened to be interested in. Those are your two options. And usually you can just tell with a, one follow-up question about the title. Oh, it was called The History of Oil Paints. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I think I know which right. one it was. Right, yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's interesting. I like that... I, <laughs> I love your... Uh, I loved your reaction to Cal- to Callister being the silliest episode. Because for, my, for my money... The really silly episode of Black Mirror actually is the Miley Cyrus episode in, in season five. Yeah, that five. one seemed pretty. Sil- I haven't seen the Miley Cyrus one, but that one seems pretty silly. Yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. If you have seventy minutes to kill, if you have seventy minutes to kill, and you'd like to kind of enjoy them, but not really, I'd say watch it 
with your full attention. If you'd like to actually enjoy them, I'd say put it on and play a game on your phone for a little bit <laughs> or something. But yeah. I like it. Yeah, I'm surprised because I I feel like Nosedive is a very comic episode. It I, is. Know, I, I I really like that one. I, I find it The ending is incredible. I love the ending. Yeah, oh it's yeah, the ending is great. And it's so funny. It's it's I mean it's uh is it Bryce Dallas? It's Bryce Dallas Howard, right? Yeah, she's, she's Bryce great. Dallas Howard. She kills yeah, it, she, I mean, she's uh, she absolutely Bryce Dallas Howard. I mean, they, yeah, I mean, rumor has it this is a joke, by the way, that it was really originally offered to Jessica Chastain, but they gave, but she said no, so they gave it to Bryce Dallas Howard because that's just what happens in Hollywood. They look the same. I'm sorry, they do. They're literally twins. You, you know who else looks the same? Have you ever seen the Lizzie Bennet Diaries? No. Okay, well, okay. Let me look well, up. That, that, that comparison fell flat. Mary, for the listener, Mary Kate Wiles and Bryce Dallas Howard. Identical twins, question mark? Oh my god, That's... what? What the yeah, hell? Yeah, right? <laughs> what the, what in the frick frack is going on here? They, they, they both have three names. Oh, like, she's Sansa Stark. She, she plays Sansa Stark in a Game of Thrones parody that I watch. Really? Yeah. Called the School of Thrones. Yeah, I like honestly, it. like I mean, that's that's obviously more niche than what you recommended. I feel like, but like if you would if you had said that, I would have known exactly who she was. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Well, okay. I, well, I apologize. No, you're good. For you're, my it's obscure. fine. It's fine. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So like for me, the podium of Black Mirror is probably going to be the entire history of you and White Christmas are one and two. I flip flop on them all the time because I love both of them so much. Or one and two respectively, and then. I think just because of the feel-good factor, Hang the DJ comes in at third for me. But uh, Black Museum, the USS Callister, San Junipero, and also Nosedive, like you mentioned, are all up there. As well as 15 Million Merits, the Daniel Kaluuya episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Daniel Kaluuya. Reducing it to the Daniel Kaluuya episode is rude to the other people who worked on it. But he is so freaking good. He's really good. And you know, there is a musical number in that episode that is so good like it, it is just perfectly well done it's just mm-hmm. it's just so well in like honestly black mirror's first season might be its best overall season oh, I, I don't know I, I again i've seen like bits and pieces from throughout uh yeah. from throughout the show so i, I mean that's the way to watch it though because it's just because it's it's an anthology like yeah it's yeah. one of those things where like if you love black mirror that's a bit weird like it, it's it's it, it's weird to love every single episode of that show Mm-hmm. It's an anthology that covers a wide range of topics. Like I think you love a couple episodes, probably like a bunch of other ones. Like I, I mean, mm-hmm. I like I, I wouldn't say I've seen a an episode of it that's bad TV because even the ones that like where you're like, yeah, conceptually this is a bit lacking compared to some of the to compared to some of your best work. But it's usually well written, well acted, well directed, well made television. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The season five episode that everyone's talking about, Smithereen, I hate with a burning passion. But Andrew Scott absolutely carries it he's the uh he's the priest in fleabag i don't know if you know him oh my gosh yeah yeah fleabag quote-unquote the hot priest uh according to the fandom yeah of course yes no to to dress him by his proper name can we do a brief digression uh have you so the director of all 12 episodes of fleabag recently came out with a movie called enola holmes based on the (gasps) best-selling children's book enola holmes is i'm definitely watching it now like i was probably gonna watch it before but now i'm i'm definitely watching it yeah have you heard the reason i wanted to watch it because of the lawsuit from the movie but we can talk about that in a second 
There's a lawsuit against Enola Holmes. Really? Yeah. From the estate of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. But we can get on to that. Finish your point. Uh, anyway, he directs it like an episode of Fleabag. Like, he does same that's direct so address. Perfect. To the oh, but, that's amazing. Fleabag, I love it. Yeah, Fleabag. I mean, Fleabag is incredible. Yeah. Uh, without spoil. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I encourage you to watch the movie. I, it makes you wish that Phoebe Waller-Bridge had written it. I think that if Phoebe Waller-Bridge had written Enola Holmes, it would have been, like, the best. Because, I mean, I know she doesn't actually direct Fleabag. I know she doesn't direct any of Fleabag, but she is, like, a quadruple threat. Because she, she's created and showrun a couple shows now. Because she created and showran Killing Eve. Oh, did Wild, she really? Yeah, yeah, kill, yeah. She does Killing Eve. She wrote for it. She wrote it as well. Because she's, she's done, she's produced, directed, written, and starred in a lot of shows. Um, I think there's only one show she's ever been a full quadruple threat in. Because she obviously doesn't, she doesn't, she hasn't directed any of Fleabag. But she's done directing before. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a it's a much less popular, more niche British sitcom, but it's it's one you you see the makings of what becomes Fleabag in it, pretty much. Yeah. So it's yeah. quite good, but it's a bit undercooked, I think, in a way. Is yeah. the analogy? Yeah, but absolutely. the the thing I the reason I wanted I knew I wanted to watch Enola Holmes is because the estate of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle uh, ends up, has ended up suing that they ended up suing Netflix over the movie for one reason, despite the fact that in the original. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Sherlock Holmes, he actually is a gentleman and a scholar. Like, he's quite gentlemanly and stately in the original mm-hmm. Arthur Conan Doyle stories. However, gentlemanly, by the standards of that time and this time, are very different things, mm-hmm. right? And so the estate's actually suing them because they, quote-unquote, made him... He Basically because he's not sexist. That's, like, you know... They obviously the legalese and like the things that they're actually like that what the actual lawsuit and stuff will state it that's not what the words are going to say they worm their way around it but basically because Henry Cavill's Sherlock Holmes in Enola Holmes is something of a feminist certainly by the standards of that time mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like yeah that's not accurate to the character guys we're gonna have to sue you um, <laughs> no I swear to God I swear to God the and I remember, I remember thinking that was ridiculous, and so I, I, I did like a couple of the like clickbait and stuff checks. And there's like, it's the, the story I've just given you is heavily exaggerated, but it's it's not completely made up. That's so weird. It's a public domain. The, the characters are in the public domain, right? Yeah, they are. Like that was my thing. That that was why, that was why I was so confused about it. I can't imagine that this lawsuit will go through. Oh, it's, it definitely won't. No, there's there it definitely won't. I mean, and even if it did, Netflix has enough money that it's not a big deal. It's that's what it is. It's not a lawsuit, but the estate of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle basically is condemning it. Oh, has condemned it. Yeah. But it's not a lawsuit. So in the in the same way that like, I mean, you're right. So it's public domain. What something something's becoming public domain really soon or like right now. Well, every is it Gatsby? movie made I think every year a new year of movies becomes public domain. Yeah, I know. I know so movies every, happens every year, but I, it's books. But I think it's Gatsby because I Is remember. It really? Yeah, because obviously the the Great Gatsby, like they have a movie of it already, but it wasn't public domain at that point in time. I don't think, right? But Interesting. Um, but Gatsby's coming out soon, which means you know, the gays, y'all, y'all got to get on this. Get get me that. Get me that Nick and Nick Nick and Jay fanfic. Make it real. Make it real. Nick, oh god. Caraway? Is that his last name, or did I completely make that oh, up? Oh gosh, I think I think that's right. It's been so long since I've read the I mean, Gatsby. same. Like, I, it's, it's, it's one of those where, like, I'm sorry that... 
I've read it twice. I, you don't get much out of a reread. At least I didn't. Yeah, it's like, it's pretty, it's surprisingly engaging, but it's, I don't think it's, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if it's that good. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no, no, The Great Gatsby, like, The Great Gatsby is the book that convinced me that the books you read for school are kind of bullshit. Because the thing is, up until that point, I was like, I had a couple of data points. I didn't have that many data points. But by the time I got to Gatsby, where I was like, no, 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 everybody loves this book. And I was like, I'll probably enjoy it. I read it. I was like, no, 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 I like it. I like it. I kind of get it, but maybe chill. It's not that incredible. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's <laughs> Yeah, it's an it's it's that's such an interesting one because I actually didn't read it for high school. Oh, really? Yeah, but okay. like just so many people who have read The Great Gatsby read it in high school. Well, I read it in high school for high school and then I read it subsequently for fun a, a mm-hmm. couple years after. Yeah, I, I read it in I read it in college just uh, just for fun. Actually, I wanted to see. I wanted to see read it before I saw the movie, mm. um, because I wanted to see the movie because I love. Uh, I love. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the director. Who uh, I don't Diane know who directed it. Well, it's the crazy guy who did Romeo plus Juliet. I oh, love Romeo oh my god! Juliet. This is gonna kill me. This is gonna kill uh, me. Baz Luhrmann. Yes, Baz Luhrmann. Yes, yes. I love. I love Baz Luhrmann. Well, actually, I've, you know, I've only seen. Well, here's an interesting. We're we're back to this because I I was going to say I love Charlie Kaufman. I only like one of his movies. Like I don't. Really? I didn't like being John Malkovich. I didn't like. Um, I didn't like Animal Lisa very much. I didn't like uh, adaptation. Uh, like the I thought all of these they were just so ugly and depressing that I I just couldn't see past it. But not. I, I was um, so. What, what what's the one you? Oh, Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, but then Eternal Sunshine is like is such a great masterpiece, you know, one of the one of the great films of the 21st century. Yeah. So like, yeah, in that way, I love Charlie Kaufman, and even in films of his that I don't like, I can see so much talent and creativity there. Yeah, uh, that I that I like him, even though I only like I really like him. He's one of my favorite writers, even though I only really like one of his movies that I've seen. Um, but similarly, I love Baz Luhrmann. I've only seen Romeo plus Juliet, but that's enough for me, you know. What that's... else has he done? Romeo and Juliet, Great Gatsby. Uh, am I crazy, or is he Moulin Rouge? Or did I? Tell yeah, him he that did. Up? That's his big one. That's his yeah. Big it's one. Moulin, Moulin Rouge. Rouge. Okay, that's him. Yeah. And he, he's I've never done seen Moulin one other Rouge. Film. I I don't I don't necessarily plan on it, but I might. Who's in it again? Who's a guy? Uh, Moulin, that's Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman. I think are in Moulin Rouge. Oh, I've never I've never seen that, but it seems interesting uh, yeah you know. i don't know it's it's one that every time i look at I've, I've heard such great things about it as well that i'm just like ooh, this this might not this might not live up to what i've heard you know that's yeah, the, that's yeah. kind of that's always the worry um i feel like we should wrap up the episode <laughs> And yeah, maybe you just keep I hope talking. this got everyone sufficiently hyped for Reap's One. I guess <laughs> you know this, these past thirty minutes of talking about how yeah. Reap's One uh, has has really been oh, productive. Yeah. Reap's One, that's that's been great. It's been great. So what what I might do is I might do like I might like cut us out sometime in the middle of that discussion, and then we'll come back and be like, wow, what a what a black hole we just went. We just came out of Roman Roman. That was. 
I mean, you fought that bull, and and and, and uh, we're we're but we're back. We're back, everybody. We did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The whole we <laughs> it, it was quite an experience, but you don't get much over audio. Just a lot of you know yelling and the sounds of swords clinking together. Yeah, uh, that's, it's that's been mostly a wild what it is. Couple of yeah, hours. yeah. The the bull was a very accomplished sword fighter. It was quite <laughs> oh, impressive, yeah. <laughs> despite the lack of opposable thumbs or even fingers. Um, yeah, frankly, like I was rooting for him at the end. Yeah, like, I, I, you know, it was so one of those things. Where, like, I was so how bedazzled. How did he manage to do that? You know, it's just just incredible. But uh, but yeah, so so we've got some wonderful episodes coming up about Reaps One for you guys, and there is of course um, the beatboxing toolkit episode in which we refer to it as a beatboxing toolkit probably about thirty percent of the time, and a sound library the other seventy percent. But that does not matter. <laughs> So that, that's coming up for you, and hopefully you'll enjoy the Reaps 1 special and enjoy learning about Reaps 1. Looking forward to it. We'll have that coming for you in the, we're having that for you in the coming weeks. And uh, yeah, 